0: Derek, I gotta say your arms are looking great. Well, thank you. <laughs> I think I think it's all that climbing. Getting, yeah, a lot of climbing. Getting ripped. So, getting so good job.
1: At the last convention, there was like someone brought one of the vendors or it was like a trailer with a climbing wall on it that they can like lift up. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So, so it's cool. only like a twenty foot wall or whatever that they can put out for like fairs and whatever. And the guy put a hundred dollar bill at the top. And it was very much a carnival game at that point. Like, you can climb this, you can keep the money or whatever. And it's like 15 bucks to climb two two tries or whatever. So, like, I did it. And I I was like, this is rigged. So, this time, I got to be more skilled to win. So, we'll see if I keep this clip in or if not, because I wasn't able to climb (laughs) at the convention. was funny. So let's start the show.
2: All right. right. Intro, Kelly.
0: Let me get a yacht out. (sighs) Okay. Hello, friends and fiends. Welcome to Bugs Need Heroes, a podcast where an artist and an entomologist team up to illustrate the inspiring abilities of insects by creating bug-themed superheroes. I'm Kelly and I'm Amanda producer Derek and his cat Rotunda are also here before we get started creating this bug inspired hero what's bugging you Amanda oh ah, uh, the
2: usual which is that I, I don't sleep much that's what is usually bugging me <laughs> You don't sleep much. I, I'm no. I've got that ADHD brain where, like, I'm like, oh, I'm so sleepy all day, all day. I'm so sleepy. I can't wait to go to bed. And then I crawl into bed and I'm awake for two hours. It's,
0: it's great. It's great. <laughs> I have, I have the same thing. I'm like, I can't wait yeah. to get in bed and settle down. And then I just want to read for two hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so much mm-hmm. for sleep. Yeah, <laughs> it's bad. The other
2: night we had a thunderstorm like I haven't experienced in a long time. Oh, I love a thunderstorm. It was so... I mean, it was like wake you up out of a dead sleep loud. It was crazy. I don't know how it was in Portland, Derek, but it was so loud here.
1: My problem is that every time I see a flash of lightning, I compulsively have to count the seconds until the thunder.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Well, at one point (laughs) it was like... It was like flash, thunder, flash, thunder. It was like oh, right wow. over our house. And coming down in, you know, buckets. It was crazy.
0: We live so high up because we're in a high-rise apartment building that when we get a thunderstorm, we're in the thunderstorm. Wow. so cool. Yeah. That's it's cool. really fun.
2: Uh, it'd be cool if I knew I was safe. <laughs> <Which> theoretically, <laughs> you are. We're but safe. like, we're we good. were on a plane once and there was lightning like not far away. And I was with my dad and dad's like look how cool you know because I'm a child and I'm like that's not cool
0: bro we're in a plane <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I uh, flew back once from Detroit uh, in the middle of a, a storm that had tornadoes happening very close to the airport and and lightning and in the plane we were in a little plane and shaking it was a it was pretty terrifying Um. But uh, I made it. Right. <laughs> I do not like flying. Yeah, I, I don't like flying. I
2: don't like flying, and I know statistically it's fine, and I'm always fine up until I'm like in the plane, and then I'm like, this is a horrible idea. Why are we shooting <laughs> ourselves to the sky inside of a metal death trap? Why are we doing that? Oh,
1: well, that's the opposite for me. Really, you're like nervous yeah. till you're in. Yeah,
0: me too. I have like horrible anxiety up until I'm in the plane and during takeoff. And then once that's over, I'm like, all right, I'm, I think I'm okay. And then landing is a little awkward too. Oh,
2: I'm fine until I'm in it. And then I'm nervous at takeoff. And then I'm like low key nervous the whole flight. And then I'm nervous again for landing. But the thing that really helps me, and this is like a phenomenon that has a name, but I can't remember what it is, is that if I'm with my husband, he hates flying. He's nervous from the moment we book tickets till we are on the ground again at home. You know, like he's thinking about having to fly again while we're on vacation. Um, and, But if he's freaking out, I find it easier to be calm because he needs mm-hmm. me.
0: To yeah. Be calm. Yeah. So I don't know. That what, makes sense.
2: I don't know what that is. And the same is true with parenting. If one of you is freaking out, the other one is more capable of being calm because they know that the other parent needs you to do that.
0: It's- I was uh, I think on that same flight but to Detroit I, had, I flew out for work and there was a woman sitting next to me who I, I didn't know and I was really nervous because you know I'm nervous about flying right. this woman was so nervous during takeoff she grabbed my hand She's a stranger <laughs>
2: oh, that's so cute yeah
0: and then I I felt immediately calm and I'm like oh this woman needs me she yeah. is more scared than I am she needs some comfort. She needs and a rock I,
2: right now. And it's going to yeah, be me.
0: Yeah. So I like g- gently spoke to her and I patted her hands and I'm like, You're going to be okay. You have a very soothing voice, Kelly, okay. So I think it would work. <laughs> so and then she calmed down and she apologized for grabbing me. But I said, No problem. You know, if that makes you feel better, grab away. On our way home
2: from our honeymoon, we got separated because, you know, airplanes they just are like shove you in wherever you land is where you la-. and i'm like no i need to sit next to him because he's gonna be in a bad way one when- because at one point we were having like turbulence but he had his headphones on so he didn't know mm-hmm. so like the plane starts to shake and just i'll never forget the look on his face as he like looks back at me like fully convinced we're oh. about to drop out of the sky <laughs> and i'm like it's fine there's turbulence the the
0: pilot said you know so <laughs> I do feel better flying with my husband yeah i feel like a lot more relaxed because he's super relaxed about it so he he calms oh me he's
2: chill he's like
0: whatever happens, mega chill it's yeah out of my control whatever happens happens. yeah he's very much that guy <laughs> that's funny <laughs> well i am uh super excited today amanda so i did the intro and you know what that means it means it i'm means- i'm the expert
2: this week look at me <laughs> I'm the expert now.
0: <laughs> I'm so excited, um and there won't be art this week because I am not an artist. <laughs>
2: You're not gonna give us a post-it note doodle of a mug.
0: Give you a stick figure. Yeah. So what is uh, what is your your topic today, Amanda? What well, do we cover?
2: A few weeks ago. I don't know when this is. This is gonna come out. So really, a few months ago, we. Mentioned on the podcast that I had recently discovered that shellac was made by bugs and that mm-hmm. it was like, what? You're telling me what? And that kind of led me down this rabbit hole of like what other stuff that I encounter a lot being an artist, an art historian. Like, what am I encountering that's secretly made of bugs? Um, so I went down a little rabbity hole here and I've, <laughs> I've got several bugs that make art stuff. I'm not talking specifically about like food stuff that's made from bugs because that could be its own whole episode about like
0: I just pictured a yeah. little bug holding a paintbrush, a little little easel, little <laughs> art bug.
2: Art. <laughs> uh and I we've mentioned before like people using bug like wings and stuff to make art. So I'm also not talking about that. I'm talking about mostly pigments that are made from bugs.
0: Oh, very cool.
2: Or bugs that have a part in the process of making a pigment, or and and of course, shellac. I did also look up how shellac is made.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, through your research, was it cool? Did you find it interesting it, to it, kind of do it that? Definitely
2: part? was interesting. I think it's. I think the most interesting thing was there's very little information readily available. They do not want you finding really? out about the bugs that are in your song <laughs> it's kind of like this weird open secret They're like yeah, yeah 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 but let's not talk about that let's let's, let's leave that alone i think just bug bug made stuff has like kind of fallen out of favor and they don't really talk about it mm.
0: anymore
2: but they are still definitely using it
0: it could also be they don't want anyone stealing their bug secrets
2: that is definitely a thing as, as we'll talk about with the color purple is that a lot Ooh. of it is secretive. Because a, a lot of this bug stuff is just kind of old. It's ancient techniques of getting pigment out of stuff. And, so, and a lot of that is hidden behind these, well, I want to be able to use this for my empire. And I'm the only one who's allowed mm. to have it. So some of it is secretive, I think, partially because you have to be a tradesman in it to really understand where it's coming from. Because it's trade secrets that's so cool uh, so what color do you want to start we got red we got purple we got black we got shellac which i did (laughs) not mean to rhyme but i i very much did (laughs) but you did but i did
0: um let's start with i guess purple i like purple Purple.
2: okay let's let's go purple so do you have any idea how ancient purple is ancient i guess i should start with let me start so have you ever heard of the phrase
0: royal purple yes
2: yeah royal purple well it is named after this snail that makes purple dye
0: really a snail
2: a snail and the reason why it's called royal purple is because you had to be pretty much as rich as the royal family to afford it
0: oh really wow because
2: it is a special dye so so purple dye uh have you ever played uh age of empires yes oh yeah have you ever played the phoenicians I have, yeah. Are they purple? They are indeed purple. That is because the ancient Phoenicians are the ones who do this whole purple thing. They they are the ones who find the snails. And we're talking like ancient. We're talking like 1570 BC is like the earliest oh, wow. evidence they have. I mean, th- this is, they found <laughs> they found a snail, accidentally squished him. Oh, it's purple inside there. I wonder what I could use that for. <laughs> like that's how old it is. And you're gonna find that uh, that story repeats itself with red. Oops, so I, switched funny, I switched something. <laughs> and it was a color inside. <laughs> so Phoenicians actually, the name Phoenicia is the land of purple. That's literally what it means.
0: Is well, they're purple. really into this purple thing.
2: Yeah. So it's so let me talk about the bug. Uh, always on this podcast we use the word bug <laughs> <Very> <laughs> I'm okay with calling
0: a snail a bug you could do no, that it's, it's a bug it's, it's a little bug. gastropod it's all right he's not anything else so he must be a bug
2: <laughs> like if you looked up pictures of bugs I'm pretty sure a snail would be in there somewhere. so it's it's called a murex snail and there's like several different kinds but they all fall underneath this umbrella of murex they have a an actual name, but I'm going to mispronounce, which is Mercedes snail.
0: Mercedes sounds right. Yeah,
2: close enough. Uh,
0: Mer- oh, Muriside.
2: <laughs> Maris. That makes sense. M- Murix. Mercedes. So, uh, so Merceday is a. I'm going to read directly from my research here. A large <laughs> and varied taxonomic family of small and small and large predatory sea snails. So basically it's mollusks that live out in the sea.
0: Oh, cool. It's a sea snail. Those are very very pretty looking.
2: So they have this hypobrachial gland that is inside the snail, inside of its little shell. And it's the same sort of gland that eventually squids kind of go, hey, what if we made ink out of this? Oh, cool. Squirt you in the face with it. (laughs) So the snails have like an earlier version of that and it, theirs is purple when you smash into them so the the snail has this gland inside of its shell that has this mucus in it and that mucus is purple and unfortunately the process of getting to that purple because it's so deeply inside the shell is not a very snail friendly process
0: um, poor little snail
2: yeah it's not not very snail friendly i'd really say none of the ways you could <laughs> you get pigments or paints or anything from the animal is very animal friendly sorry so a happy
0: process it's not
2: (laughs) it's not nice it's not great so the gland is removed from the snail by cracking it open like an egg and taking it away (laughs) and each snail only has like a couple of drops of purple inside
0: Uh, oh geez so you have to go through a lot of snails yeah, it right? takes.
2: Yeah, it's. I mean, you're talking. You start with a pound of snails and end up with a gram of of beef. It's, which is part of why it's so expensive. It's just that it, it, it is so laborsome to make.
0: Could they farm yeah. these snails?
2: So they haven't had much luck, it seems, with farming them. Mm. Part of that might just be due to the demand of like really only artisans are still making this properly ancient purple still um because it's it's just it's just not very flavorful anymore to use the snail and when you can make a synthetic dye that basically does the same thing
0: right right
2: right. so the process of getting the purple basically looks like you got to get just pounds and pounds <laughs> of these snails, right? You got to start out by like, so you also have to like kind of free dive for them. Because like we said, there's there's not any farms. So like you have to pay someone to go out there and free dive into the water. Hope the conditions are right to find enough of these rock snails. And then you got to bring them back to wherever you're going to be. Crack them open. Get all the little snail glands. Put them in a pot. Boil that pot. Until you can sc- <laughs> scrape out <laughs> sorry this is so good. until you can um get all the snail bits out and you're left with kind of this purple slurry of of purple uh snail juice, and then you have to go and dry that in the sun, so it takes you know a couple days of being dried in the sun on these big um, sheets of glass.
0: How yes. big are the snails? not big, not, not big. big like a couple inches um. Oh yeah, it looks like about an inch you're showing. An inch, inch and a half. Okay. I mean,
2: they're predatory snails, so they're a little bit bigger than like your average snail because that's kind of how being a predator works. You got to be a little bit bigger, but they're not big. I'll send some pictures into the Discord in a second here.
0: Um, And are are those snails still around now? Yes.
2: So this is this is a practice that goes on to to this day.
0: Okay. But
2: more or less, the people making it are making it as like collector's items like oh cool i got this old piece of purple from this you know, or <laughs> being used to uh like restore old pieces of antiquity oh that's
0: that they, cool that's they, a they great need. idea yeah
2: they need this this specific purple to to do it
0: so i can't just go buy like a scarf made out of snail juice um
2: i mean you can if you want to spend a thousand dollars on a scarf which you know <laughs> I maybe do not. you want to do <laughs> Because, like, I mean, it's stupid expensive. We're talking, like, a, gra- a gram vial is upwards of 3K. You're wow. three k. you are talking $3,000
0: for this cow.
2: pure pigment. So the dyes come in two basic forms. You can get, like, the pure pigment, which is just, like, dust in a little vial. And then you add mm-hmm. a little bit of water. And that little bit of water goes a long way. Or you can dye stuff directly into the snail stuff which is how they would have done it in antiquity. The, the goop <laughs> so, so the goop is is just like you're t- tossing the snails into their slurry and you're boiling the stuff you want to put in there wow so you're what a process in, you boil the gland directly and then you have to put in a little bit of like a little bit of this and a little bit of that reducing agent <laughs> and that turns it bright green and then you're like, oh, I hope this turns back to purple because right now it's bright green. <laughs> and then you boil it some more, and then it becomes purple again. And <sighs> but the hard part of it is that because it's this mucus gland, it can go really acidic really easily. So you have to add a little bit of base. But if you add too much base, it goes too basic. And if it's too acidic, it will burn your wool. But if it's
0: too basic, it will felt your wool. So you. It's have- kind of a- amazing, ancient folks. Yeah, went through all of this, figured this out—the acidity, the basicness.
2: Often I make this product
0: work. They
2: had the time. They had the time to figure out how much purple dye they needed.
0: And it all started with someone just catching a snail. A snail be like, "Hey, it's purple in here." Yeah, I mean, I would have just thought they'd use flowers or something, right? And
2: you'll see a lot of dyes that are based in that. But the cool thing about the purple is that. So I should probably explain what the term light fast means first. Okay. So please. Light fast is the concept that the longer light shines on something, the more it will fade. So if you've ever left something outside oh, yeah. and you know, one half of it is lighter than the other when you turn around. Yeah. Even
0: pictures on your wall that are pictures in pictures on sun. the wall
2: will fade. Yeah. If you've ever accidentally tie-dyed a t shirt that you left at the back of your car. <laughs> so light fast is the scale of how much something fades how quickly and okay. some colors are just more light fast than others and other colors are what we call fugitive pigments mm. which is a color that just tends to leave it just tends to go away oh okay and we'll talk about that a little bit more with, with red that's weird they just they're just not very light fast they they just get away and the reason why this purple is so sought after is because it is very, very light fast. In fact, it, the longer it spends in the sun, the darker and more saturated the light becomes. Oh wow! Of, yeah. So, of the colors we have of antiquity examples, purple is one of the ones that has stayed the color they think it originally was. Whereas oh, your reds side fade side. away, your greens, bleh, 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 bleh. but the purple has stayed because the purple is super light fast, and because wow. it reacts, to, it just reacts to UV differently.
0: So it kind of gets better in the yeah.
2: sun. <laughs> so you know you're a rich person walking around ancient Phoenicia. You know you're like hey hey, and and your your clothes are getting better the more you wear them. <laughs> than like you're flexing on all these all these oh, guys. You're like oh, I'm jealous. My scarf's getting more purple, not less. (laughs) So, And like I said, you had to be royalty, basically, to wear this color. And I I think at some point in Europe, they say you're only allowed to wear purple if you're royalty. Uh, And if you get caught wearing purple without being royalty, you will be punished.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. Wow. All that from a little snail.
2: Yeah. And and I've on several of these accounts they talk about how it smells like the worst thing you
0: ever smell.
2: <laughs> like that the Phoenicians is, are like super smelly because uh I mean you're leaving snails out to dry in the sun. Oh so yeah. you can dip your clothes in it. Like I couldn't business. handle a bad smell all,
0: all the time. I couldn't do it. No, I know you have <laughs> anti fish feelings. So Yes. Oh <laughs> well, I couldn't if it swam, I'm not eating it. Not it. It. happening. <laughs> if, it, if it came from the sea, it's not for me.
2: <laughs> so if you pop on over to the Discord, Derek has put in some sample colors of what the purple looks Ooh. like, quote unquote. So the purple, the actual color you get is affected by which snail you get. And because there's like three different kinds of snails that all look exactly the same. By kinds,
0: do you mean species? yes
2: okay um
0: well they're pretty the shells are very pretty
2: yeah the shells are very cool very that's that classic spiral shell of a sea Mm -hmm. snail and so you get like light purple you get dark purple you get blue and it doesn't take that much work to like convince the colors to kind of go one way or the other like oops my purple actually ended up blue or you can get red you know and like i said that it's super light fast and so you're you're Fabric will only get more purple as time goes on.
0: I like that you taught me a brand new term today. Light fast. Light fast. It's a good term too. I love saying (laughs) that very cool. I had not heard that before. I think if I was a superhero, that'd be the name I went with. It would work because you'd be like a would you be a pigment based superhero? Obviously.
2: Obviously. (laughs) Yeah. You have to have some sort of as a kid, my superhero identity. You know, I'm eight. I'm making myself superhero identities. <laughs> Definitely was like a psychic who used her psychic powers to paint pictures exactly as she imagined them in her mind, rather than having to go through all that <laughs> mamby pamby using my hands stuff.
0: It's kind of a great power. I wouldn't mind having a power. I wish I could take photos that look like what I could see from my eyes. Yes yes no because it's, cause it's it, never the same
2: it's never the same the translation that yeah, there's this phrase the message is in the medium and i often
0: think <laughs> that when i take photographs
2: i'm like mm, that's not correct <laughs> that is that is not what my children look like in real life oh well <laughs> i should say it's called tyrian purple named tyrian after this, purple, the city tier in lebanon that it originally comes from very cool uh so now you can pick between red shellac and black (laughs) um it's like a choose your own adventure podcast today it it, it (laughs) is it's fun i think (laughs) i think we'll go with black black okay let me so this one is you know depending on how you feel about it a little bit cheating so
0: (laughs) it's cheating Uh uh-oh uh meta just gave me the eyebrows the eyebrows (laughs) Mm -hmm. the eyebrows are cheating so so wasps
2: are part of the process but they are not part of the final thing. Mm. So there is uh an ink. There's two basic ways to make ink. One is using the the byproducts of fire, you know, charcoal, black mm-hmm. dust, whatever. That is how you make uh what's we would call india ink. And it, it, it's like calligraphy in Japan is made using charcoal ink right oh
0: okay right
2: in europe there's an ink called iron gall ink that is arguably the most important invention as far as literacy goes i think in the western civilization so there's uh, oak trees i don't know if you know what a gall is i should probably start there do you know what a, a gall is as referred to on trees
0: I I do, but I would like you to explain it. So a, a gall is basically if you
2: injure a tree in some way, it will grow a protective growth mm-hmm. over wherever the injury was. A big and if you ever seen a tree with a big lump on it, that's a gall. And oak trees in particular love to just gall it up. They're <laughs> become <incredible>, lumpy boys, <laughs> <few> lumpy boys. <laughs> <laughs> so there is. Uh, an oak tree. I don't think I wrote down. It's Aleppo, they call it. Aleppo. And uh, there's a a wasp that will sting into the tree and leave its babies behind. You know, classic wasps. As
0: they do. As they
2: do. And the oak tree in response will make a gall over top of those, uh, those invading little larva. And then you take that gall which is just full of you've heard tannins before, mm-hmm. tannin oh, yeah. often as described with with
0: wine, <laughs> wine, yeah, <laughs> red wine specifically,
2: yes. So the it, the tree will make a, a gall over top of the larva, and then the tannins inside that gall. You take that off, and then you uh, use the tannins to make ink. You basically you combine it with a couple other stuff, and uh, voila, ink. Sorry, that's not a very like uh
0: no, that's cool. Cat- I mean I like <laughs> I like that our friends the wasps are involved in making some pretty cool ink.
2: Yeah, it's definitely one of those cases where like the, the tree can't win against the wasps because mm. it creates this protective shell like oh that's me don't be stinging me and the <laughs> watch is like ha ha you fell right into my trap i wanted to be inside this gall because <laughs> <laughs> then it just like eats the gall from the inside
0: what a process what an uh, amazing evolutionary process you know to like get to that point
2: yeah and again i have to go back to the ancient peoples being like what would happen if i boiled this right now <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah like why who <laughs> Who found that gall on an oak tree and went, "Hmm, I
2: bet I uh, bet I could use this." Yeah. So this 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 ink is incredibly indelible. You know, it um like I said with how the purple gets more purple, this ink just gets more inky.
0: It gets oh, okay.
2: darker and darker. Uh so a lot of our ancient manuscripts that we have from medieval times are made with this ink, and we can still read them crystal clear oh, yeah. because this ink is so potently waterproof. Um, writing it directly on vellum vellum is the do you know what vellum is
0: pretend i know nothing oh i'm
2: sorry so (laughs) so so a lot of ancient manuscripts are made with vellum which is incredibly thinly shaved Mm. animal skin because paper was not readily available
0: Right, right way
2: too expensive to make paper um so they would use animal skin and they call it vellum. It's kind of one of those things where, like, if I change the name of it, I can divorce myself from what it actually is. <laughs> from it being, animal skin. being yeah. animal skin. And so, you, when you use this waterproof ink on this vellum, it's it, once it's on, it's permanent, it's there. The only way to get rid of it is to scrape it off. So, that's why so many of our ancient manuscripts have stayed intact, if they were taken care of properly, obviously
0: we should be uh, thanking the wasps and probably other small bugs who I create should be galls. yeah other bog
2: other bugs make the galls but like specifically this wasp the 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 situation in which it finds itself inside that that, <laughs> that gall just makes an incredibly high amount of tannins which then turn into ink extremely so well
0: so you said they just boil it what's the extraction process for this uh as far as I
2: could tell boiling it <laughs> <laughs> so you, you know, just crack that open like a like an egg, basically. And there's, the, I think you'll like this. There's this whole uh, like lore around these galls, specifically on Michaelmas Day, where you you get the you get the gall, you crack it open, click click click, open it up. If there's a worm inside, then the year will be pleasant and unexceptional.
0: Ooh. I love but folklore.
2: But if there's a spider inside, it will be a bad year for your crops. If a fly is inside, it will be okay. You know, it's going to be fine.
0: <laughs> oh, if, the poor fly, the omen of meh. <laughs> but
2: yeah, it's, it's fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> but if there's nothing inside, prepare yourself for a year of disease.
0: Oh, no. So you want to find the worm. Which is probably just the larva. Which is probably just a larva. Just
2: of the larva. Yes.
0: yeah, Of some sort. Which is probably
2: wasp. And then if a spider uh no oh. No good props. I love a spider sad. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, it's just a spider
0: I just thought you'd like that because I know you love a good a good lore. A good lore. That's great. That's very cool. And uh, my, can you explain what Michael Mass is? Uh Michael Miss Day...
2: or Michael Mass, you're probably pronouncing it correctly, is i'm gonna have to look now to get the exact i I think it's early christmas (laughs) Oh, okay it is uh in late september and november 8th eastern although i'm looking here to make sure okay michael mass is basically just a celebration of the arch archangel michael i assume the catholics are probably still up to that but uh, i think
0: so i think it's still going in, on the
2: older lutherans probably still do it too it's probably one of those older christian traditions in europe that didn't mm. quite make the jump over to mainstream uh american christianity anyway
0: yeah i, I think i think catholics here might might still yeah celebrate i think that. if you
2: belong to one of the older traditions it's probably yeah still
0: a big... oh that's cool well I wouldn't be mad if it was a spider. <laughs> <laughs> it would be good
2: omens for you. No ruined crops for Kelly.
0: Yeah, like my balcony crops are doing just fine.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. And I will, I will jump off from here with the wasp. We'll go to our friend the bee. Ooh, doesn't make a color. G. But I felt like they needed mentioned because beeswax is used in pretty much everything. Like if you needed something to be malleable, it was beeswax. Oh, if yeah. you needed something to melt away, it was beeswax. If you needed something to resist water, it was beeswax. So like honestly, I don't think we could list everything that beeswax does for art making.
0: <laughs> just because it's
2: everywhere. It's inside of everything. It's mentioned on everything. It's just there's so much. Have so you for... ever
0: used beeswax
2: in your art? So the most likely place I would encounter beeswax is as a resist method. Uh, I don't watercolor super often, but when I do, that would be the place I would use it. Nowadays, most people use rubber cement, but you can definitely still use oh. beeswax. So beeswax for a long time was used for making you know candles, obviously, but it also use it to like polish any woods you have. Any wood carving you have would be beeswaxed. Um, varnish of any kind it's used for packaging stuff it's used for preserving food you probably still probably encounter it on your food because Mm. um a lot of grocery stores will shine up their their fruits and vegetables with wax and
0: they use beeswax for that sometimes
2: sometimes depends (laughs) but because like i said at the top unfortunately a lot of these these bug things have been replaced with more, in my opinion, chemical-laden processes, mm. just because they're cheaper to make. It's cheaper to use a fake thing than a natural thing. Unfortunately, which seems opposite. You think I can just go find some beeswax?
0: That'll be cheap. But I think I had a lotion that contained beeswax that a friend yeah. sent me a while back.
2: We have a, it's got a really, weird texture. We have a really popular brand here in the Pacific Northwest called Burt's Bees,
0: mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. meant to be yeah, uh, a beeswax. Based. I have britsby's chapstick. It's there my favorite. My favorite it's chapstick. So, it's so good. so good. It's one
2: of the few ones that I can use. Because as you know, I have a horrible orange allergy. Oh, oh yeah. They, they sneak that stuff into everything. <laughs> so I can I, use the, I like them.
0: the uh I like the there's one that's a little bit minty. Yeah. And then there's yeah. like a super, super ultra bomb one that's great in the winter. Big chapstick fan.
2: Yeah. So a lot of body lotions will have beeswax in it somewhere. Um, They use them in pill bottles or pill capsules now. You'll have some beeswax ones for that.
0: I have a reusable reusable food wrap. And I think that's coated in beeswax. Yeah, very likely. Instead of using plastic wrap, it's Mm -hmm. like, I think it's maybe parchment covered in beeswax. It's kind of cool.
2: Yeah, that that would make perfect sense. Uh, There is a, a... a dyeing process called a batik, which is from Indonesia, but the the process itself is used all over the world. People have been doing this pretty much from the time they figured it out. But batik is like the famous one that Indonesia, specifically, I believe Java has a huge tradition around this, this dyeing process where you make your pattern with the wax. Right. Oh. Or if you've ever seen um, like uh, Easter eggs in like the, eastern europe tradition where they melt a little bit of wax onto a stylus and then make their pattern onto the egg with the wax
0: yeah in holland it's called the paisanke oh perfect for for easter yep yeah Yeah. so
2: then you dye the egg whatever color it was you wanted to dye it and or in uh indonesia you dye the fabric and then you scrape all the wax off and then you've got two different colors easy peasy because or you scratch (laughs) off a little bit and then you dye it again and then you have you've made easter eggs you know how it goes yeah it's great. <laughs> that's really fun Look so at our that
0: is being helpful yeah so beeswax used
2: everywhere at, at, at all times just assume you're in contact with beeswax at any given moment.
0: <laughs> and uh it's from honeybees i'm assuming right yes yes well
2: if you're going to talk about like beeswax that's purposely being raised you're pro- almost always going to be talking about honeybees because that's the one that we've decided
0: we to farm to keep.
2: <laughs> What we want as
0: pets yeah exactly oh that's great i love bees yes do you
2: remember as a kid you'd be at the grocery store and they'd have a like a honey pourer that you could pour organic honey out of and they'd always have a sign on the side that was like do not open you will let the bees out
1: yeah that pissed me (laughs) off i was so scared of that it was i was so scared of that as
2: a kid i was like i can't believe they just have bees in here they just have they just have bees
1: Yeah, so they have the like honey like thing like it was certainly just a big bag and like a a lever that you pulled to like pull it out. But it seemed like the bees were actually inside because they had decorated it to look like a a honeybee super. Mm -hmm. So and then they had the little sign that said "Caution: Bees," and so you thought that there were bees. Oh, (laughs) still upset by that.
2: Oh yeah, it scared the bejeebers out of me as a kid. Uh I was like, I can't believe they just let let bees in here. But, you know, typical (laughs) grocery stores trying to scare the children. Grocery store antics. I mean, you guys do something to stay busy in there. So from another thing that beeswax is in is shellac. Are you ready to talk about shellac?
0: Tell me about shellac. So this is one of the ones. What is shellac? So
2: shellac is mysterious. (laughs) It's definitely one of those ones where I had to do some digging to try and find out how it's made because they do not want you to know. I, I'm not sure why. I think it's just one of those things where like, so according to the, this, according to my research um, throwback for magic school bus fans is uh, the people who made it all those generations ago are still making it. And so those families, those like 30 families have kept kind of the wraps on how shellac is made because they are like no we're making it you you we don't want you to do it we're we're gonna do it (laughs) so they're still using like these ancient methods to get through it so lac is the only resin that is commercially available that is made from animal and natural polymer all other resins are fake fake really
0: well just one
2: they're the only ones who do it So it's this bug called the lack. It's a scale bug. Do you know what a scale bug is? I'm sure you know better than me.
0: (laughs) I I do. (laughs) But I don't know that I know better than you. You've been doing research, right? Uh, uh, mm, Tell, Tell me and the folks at home what a scale bug is. So a scale bug is like...
2: They all look like roly polies to me, unfortunately. That's my like. <laughs> they do a little bit. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like flat roly like polies. Like
2: flattened roly polies. <laughs> and I got to say, more than any other bug I've ever seen, the scale bug takes the idea of sexual dimorphism to the extreme. Ooh. Specifically, the lack bug. The male bug just kind of looks like a bug. He's got like his two little, what do you call them at the end? The SETI. They're like. The cersei? Know,
0: Cersei, that's
2: it. And, and he's got those and he's flying around and he's doing his bug thing. And then meanwhile, the female is like straight up an alien. Straight up. A, a <laughs> what monster. does she look like? <laughs> I mean, let me toss <laughs> one in the Derek's shirt to put it in the Discord. One sec.
0: Can you describe the uh, the difference of this? this it, I feel like you're talking about Grendel's mom here. <laughs> what, <laughs>
2: uh, let me... Uh, I have the, the link right here. For some reason, it's not working. Here we go. Here we go. Yes, I yes I do want to click. Darn you, Google Docs. <laughs> oh, no Googs. Okay, so you have a a buggy boy here on the on the right of the image I've just shared with you. That is, he's got his legs, he's got his antennae, he's got his circe. He's a classic, bug. Classic bug shape. Classic oh, yeah. Bug meanwhile the girl bug the lady bug but not a lady bug is like basically like just like this blob of a bug <laughs> she looks like a lump she's, she's just a lump horrifying she and she has all these like tendrils
0: oh boy come oh. out of her i don't like this at all
2: i bruh <laughs> like it's not right it's not right.
0: being her what a yeah what a life so
2: basically of a, a, a Two bugs fall in love, and they mm-hmm. they are going to uh, make a bug family. And uh, so they get together, and uh, he doesn't last long after this, unfortunately, with the way That's, of bugs.
0: This the way of bugs. The male is he's got a job, and then he's goodbye and he's he's, he's outy.
2: She goes onto these trees. Uh, I, there's three specific trees that they use for cultivation now. And they are called the palace, the Kusum, and the Bear Tree. They're, they're great names. They're oh, all names kind of trees. <laughs> good names <laughs> for trees. And there are all these deep forests in in India uh, trees, right? And uh, they also make like a little bit of... Like you can make red pigment out of their flowers. And there's a little bit of red pigment inside the bark, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so you're, you're the bug. You're going to go lay your bug eggs You climb up this tree, you find a nice, clear part of branch, and you start making a house out of resin that you secrete from your body.
0: Oh boy. As you do. She she is monstrous. (laughs) She's like low-key horrible. She reminds me of something from the monstrous manual in Dungeons & Dragons.
2: She's a bit much. She's a bit much. And so she'll spend the rest of her life in this resin house that she makes with a bunch of her friends
0: so you'll see oh, so there are multiple females multiple females living, together. All
2: living inside of these resin houses hmm. together because they'll start smaller and then they will expand bigger as they lay more and more eggs and there's more and more like larva inside of the little resin house with them hmm. and they last about six months and then um, their time is done and that is when they harvest the resin that the bugs have been living in. So, lac is what they call that resin, and it is harvested twice a year. Oh, okay. To go along. They just with peel it. it
0: off the tree? Uh, I mean, more or less. So, it takes it takes
2: about anywhere between like 20,000 and 90,000 insects wow. worth of resin to make a pound of lac. <laughs> so, again, it's taken a lot of bugs to make
0: it. Seems any- like it's not worth it. If we can synthesize something better.
2: <laughs> something something more or less the same. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So
2: the resins. So what they do in modern commercialing with of these bugs is they they will introduce them to the tree. They basically take their like the, the last crops bugs and go and put them on a tree to begin the cycle again.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: So once they get the tree branches that are covered in this resin, they they. Scrape it off as much as they can, crunch, 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 and then they boil that in water, and then they scrape off any detritus inside, mm-hmm. so that they're wow. left with just the goop. the goop. The A lot of bug stuff is is just it's just goop. That's true. And then they so so now it's like all these hard little bits of wax and resin because the bugs also make wax as part of the the house building process probably helps
0: to create the structure right for the for the their home i mean
2: if you're gonna i mean if you've ever tried to build gingerbread house you got to use multiple kinds of <laughs> it can't <gets laughs> just sh- be one sugars. thing yeah, <laughs> know, one. so think of the lack as the as as the gingerbread and the <laughs> the, uh, the beeswax is the, the as the as the, <laughs> the the icing in between
0: yeah <laughs> You're so making me like, hungry for a really lousy gingerbread. <laughs> <laughs> like the worst. The <laughs> so worst. bad.
2: <laughs> so then they so they scrape it all off, get all of the stuff they don't want out of it. So now it's just like these bits and pieces, and they call that like lax seed, basically. Mm-hmm. And then you put that inside of a burlap bag, and then you twist it up. If you've ever made cheese, very similar mm-hmm. to the, the cheese. Yep, yeah, I've made cheese at home. And then you put it over a fire so that the resin, um melts. And it drips oh, wow. out. Drip, 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 drip. And then it is put in these little lac discs. Uh, and then as it hardens, so there's like multiple processes basically of like, what do you want this lac to do at the end? So there's two ways to kind of sell it as shellac, which is what you use as like a varnish on furniture. It is like it's like suspended in alcohol, basically to like oh okay thin it out. But most commonly, it's sold as uh, they will take the the resulting toffee and they'll stretch <laughs> it out really, really thin into these big sheets of of. This resin. is
0: crazy. This is a crazy way to make something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll send you some
2: of the videos. It's like, very
0: labor intensive for some yeah, slack. and like
2: again, it's being it's being made like the way they've been making it for hundreds maybe even thousands of years because they they just have passed this tradition down in in India and Myanmar i mean they're talking like they've got examples of it from like 3000 years ago
0: wow even what, longer what were people using it for uh
2: the same things we use it for now to make things last longer to make things stay fresh we still use it, as you'll find out in just a moment. Up until, I think, 2009, it was used in Skittles. <laughs> Ooh, so, so you'll tasty find tasty. out that just <laughs> like it, it, So it's it's food safe. Tasty, tasty because, lack. Yeah, because it doesn't have chemicals in it. It's just bug juice. So it's been used as like a food safe preservative forever,
0: for as long as they've had it. Do you know why Skittles made the change?
2: Uh, social pressures, basically. Oh, really? We don't, don't want. Want we don't want to eat skittles. We don't want.
0: Can you not roll your candies in a bunch of bugs, please? It's
2: not. And so the resulting lack is, you know, those beautiful wood-colored resins that you put on mm-hmm. your hardwood floors. That's the bug. The bug is the one making that color.
0: That the is bug not. just making in. some beautiful wood then. Yep,
2: Beautifully, so like the. And that depends on which tree it's on. Remember I mentioned that there's three different trees. Those Mm -hmm. three different trees show up with different colors.
0: Oh, interesting. Wow. All that from a horrifying (laughs) little bug.
1: (laughs) This is such a crazy one. It's so much weirder than like, I'm going to collect this pretty snail shell from the ocean.
2: Oh, it's purple inside. I'll use it.
1: Or like, I'm going to boil this thing to make an ink this is i'm gonna boil a thousand bugs and spread it on my furniture it's insane like how did you find this it's so much weirder than like i'm gonna eat a mushroom or whatever because i saw a boar eat it it's like yeah such a stretch
2: and it's in everything it's in your record player the records are made with shellac it's on your playing cards playing cards are dipped in shellac how many other
1: bugs did, got boiled as like a result or like <laughs> trying to find this one weird bug
2: that does this. basically so and and again it was food safe until like 2009 when they changed the rules and said stop putting bugs and stuff and we we're like well oh, is dang. it still
1: food safe or is it's
2: food, it it's just no longer popular okay that makes sense it's i think it's because people don't want bugs in their food but also probably yeah. because they can't list it as like Truly vegan if it's got bug on. Oh it. yeah, Which, yeah that's probably. But if if doing this episode taught me anything, it's that once again there's bugs in everything.
0: Like you, yeah. you're not getting away from it. It's in- I don't think anything is truly vegan. If you're eating if you're eating salad, you've probably eaten some bugs. Oh yeah, for that's sure. Just what happened. I
2: mean, I I texted you yesterday. We were juicing apples, and I'm like, I wonder how many bugs are in these apples. <laughs> many. Like, how many did I just not get? You know, and they're probably not that there's many. Always they bugs and apples, but there's always bugs and apples. What's worse than finding a,
0: a worm in your apple? Not finding, finding half worm. a
2: worm. In your apple. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: think like, my oh. dad did that once. I'm pretty sure my dad bit into an apple and um ate like half a bug and then he just laughed and kept eating okay dad classic <laughs> dad classic dad <laughs> <laughs> he's like mm, extra protein yeah, nah, 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 basically nah. that was the joke he's like it's no i got protein with my apple no he delicious. just kept eating it. <laughs>
2: delicious
1: this is a pro bug eating podcast oh,
2: Yeah, we want to eat the
0: bugs like i said i, I wasn't going to do any bug foods because the reality is we probably should be eating more bugs we should be and we should we can do a whole episode on bugs in cuisine if and uh how to use bugs in the kitchen and stuff we want to in the future. It'd be a fun episode.
1: That's a good segue to the next bug.
0: So the next
2: bug is the most famous, the most infamous. The carmine.
0: Oh, tell
2: me, tell me, tell me. So have you heard of red dye number four? <laughs> I here it is a scourge. Oh sorry, 40. Red dye Wait. forty. <laughs> oh, hold on. No. So the so the real dye made from bugs is four. And the fake dye that people don't like because it's bad for your brains, according to them, <laughs> is red dye number 40. Four bugs, 40 ADHD. So, you know.
0: <laughs> so I'm hearing the, the bug juice is the better option. Honestly, again,
2: we're a positive bug eating podcast. <laughs> Choked on my own Did delivery. you just eat a bug? I just <laughs> ate a bug. Oh, No. <laughs> I have the same kind of quandary with it that I do a lot of stuff, which is that, like, if I lived in the wild, if I didn't live in a house, 100 percent, I'd be eating bugs because every other animal that looks close to me or behaves sort of like me eats bugs. Right. So there's no oh, way yeah. that like if I'm sitting in nowhere land without a house and I see a nice juicy bug. I mean, how long would it really take you? It, take, it takes Bear Grills negative 30 minutes. He goes into the forest <laughs> to find a bug. He, he
0: wants them. He, <laughs> he needs to eat them. those bugs. He enjoys it. He's, a
2: strange, he He's a strange man. Bear Grills, something going on with that guy. <laughs> he loves to eat a bug. So, the name of this bug is the, the cochineal bug, it is another scale insect and once again sexual dimorphism on full display
0: is the female horrifying again she's not she's a regular
2: she's a good girl okay oh. she has the decency to look like a bug <laughs> thank goodness <laughs> thank goodness she just looks like a a flattened roly poly to me oh, she's okay. got a pokier edges but other than that she pretty much looks like a flattened roly poly
0: thank the bug gods thank no you no more no more scary ladies
2: no, no more monster bugs <laughs> And once again, the males are smaller and have wings and have very little to do with what's going on as far as <laughs> uh, what we're going to talk about. So they crawl out, crawl, 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 and they go and find uh, what is called a prickly pear cactus is their preferred. Oh, don't okay. have those they live on, on other cactuses, you know, if you want, but like the prickly pear, that's the one they like. So a female will go and find an, a nice spot and stick her proboscis in. Mm. and, and hunker gets- down that's where she lives now right she's gonna live on this this prickly pear cactus she covers herself in wax this white waxy stuff her she's a lot in common with her friend the lac bug and they just hunker down that's where they're gonna be that's where they're gonna have their eggs they're gonna live on this prickly pear so along comes a human and scrapes them all off into a bowl <laughs> and um Unfortunately, that is where the end of the bug comes because they will then be uh, pestle and mortared up into a fine dust, (laughs) a red, red dust. So what is actually, so you squish the bug and inside is a couple of drops of red dye. It's actually an acid. It's actually a nasty tasting. Don't eat me because I'm nasty inside acid, right?
0: Kind of like we talked about in Ladybug. We get around that by making it into a die.
2: Correct. Because that is what humans do. Oh, you made caffeine in your leaves so that I'll stop eating you? Wrong. I'm going to eat you even more now.
0: We're going to eat twice as much. Give me, give twice me. as
2: much caffeine now. Oh, you made your, your, your fruits spicy? Thank you. Because now I'm going to eat all of them. You know? So, like, that's what humans do. We're just like, oh, you're trying to get around it. It's, it's like we take it personally.
0: Yeah. yeah oh how yeah like garlic eat. garlic and onions Psh, tasty delicious <laughs>
2: i fry you up in a pan
0: <laughs>
2: how dare you not want to be eaten by me <laughs> <laughs> so so it's this little acid inside the bug and so this is another one of those ones where just like people have been doing this for as long as we found out that if you squish a bug there's red inside uh the like the the oldest archival one we have is probably about 700 bc it's uh i believe it's the aztecs so if you've seen aztec art you see red mm-hmm. a lot a lot of red they use red on their faces they use red in their textiles they use red 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 and it's because right. of the access they had to this book
0: oh that makes sense yeah they had... red is beautiful oh it's aztec aztec art. beautiful yeah. red so with red red being
2: one of those fugitive colors i talked about earlier it wants to go. It is out of here. Goodbye. Red does not stick around. To the point now where a lot of the... I should probably explain what Verdacchio is. So Verdacchio is this Renaissance period style of painting. Okay. That, that, so what you do is you want to paint a person, right? So what people don't realize is that human skin is actually really difficult to paint Because what it actually is, is several layers of semi-transparent skin over top of blood and muscle that has a color. Mm -hmm. So to get a lifelike glow to a human, you actually have to paint in layers of those same sorts of colors. And one of the ways they got around that was by painting every person green. So you paint a person green first in your monochromatic green. Okay. And then you paint red over top of that green in thin layers because red plus green equals brown. And if you do it in thin enough layers, uh, you can create a healthy sort of blush and glow. Oh, that's so
0: interesting. I didn't know that was what they were right. doing. So that's how they like, huh. you're, you look
2: at uh, Leonardo da Vinci's Mona Lisa stuff. That's how it's done is the verdacchio. Oh, wow. And then layers of red to make it seem lifelike. The problem with that is now is that red is not light fast, so the red is leaving as it gets exposed to light and other things. Uh, but the green is staying, both because it's not been exposed to much light because it's been protected by the red layers, and because red green is a more light fast color. Mm-hmm. So we have all of these <laughs> these, these like medieval. Uh, paintings on the walls. Of, like churches and stuff. Specifically in like stuccos. That are now green. The the, the virgin. Green. Looks like she's about to puke. Oh no. She's green. <laughs> <laughs> because her red has faded. But her green has stayed. Let me see if I can get a good. uh So shared one over there you see oh, how wow. green, very green their faces are is because the red has left but the green has stayed so yikes yeah so, so very like, scary. Now, so this like very is scary yeah. like, this is forever the question right in art history do you try to restore it to what it looked like before or will that destroy what is like mm. there this is a little bit of that uh you know jason and the argonauts ship question how <laughs> yeah. many times can you Restore it before you're no longer restoring it.
0: You're an artist. What is is your view on it?
2: I think it depends. I think it depends on whether you're covering original work or not. Now, there's some things I think, unfortunately, I think there's a hierarchy of importance. Mm. I think we should continue to restore the Mona Lisa because the Mona, Mona Lisa is really important. And i think we can continue to restore lesser pieces because what's it matter if it gets a little bit damaged in the process it's not like super duper important right but for the most part i think there's a huge swath in the middle that we should be leaving alone because unless it's leaving us we should leave it alone which who gets to say when it's gone? You know, like it, yeah, you know the the front of a church, a Romanesque. I'm sorry, I'm dropping so many art terms from you today. A Romanesque uh, archway piece in, on, on a church with all these little tiny little friezes. That's gonna wear and tear pretty quickly. Yeah, you know your gargoyles' faces are gonna wear away within a h- couple hundred years
0: because and they're outside. That church is also probably in use. And I'd I'd want to restore that because people are worshiping there, right? And I I think that kind of makes sense.
2: I think it makes sense to restore a piece that people are still using for its intended purpose. Yeah. It uh, it was put up there for a reason in the first place. People were using it. I think you can restore that. Keep in mind also that the idea of restoration is a very new idea.
0: Mm.
2: They, I mean you're gonna accidentally stumbled on a bunch of stuff but the (laughs) hunch the hunchback of notre dame the book is not about anything that you think the hunchback is about hunchback of notre dame is actually a book of uh the whole thing is a dissertation on why we should care about the the building of notre dame oh okay it isn't Mm -hmm. like the the people stuff that's just background melodrama to Mm -hmm. why Why the author... Oh, I've got to look. make sure I'm going to have the the right... I think it's Victor Hugo. It is. Okay. So the whole thing is actually Victor Hugo, the author of Hunchback of Notre Dame, making his case for why Parisians in particular should care about restoring the city and keeping our history intact. Mm
0: -hmm. Don't
2: tear down the church from... 1400 to build a new church in 1865 let's keep the old church and because it has importance history is important and that's a pretty new idea in the terms of humans as as a whole thing we didn't keep stuff so we another case of this is we don't have a lot of plus size clothing left archivally not because there weren't plus size people but because plus size clothing gets cut up and used to make more stuff
0: because it's just
2: just so much there's so much resource Thought of that yeah so a woman she has a dress she doesn't keep that dress nice she cuts that dress up and makes a dress for her daughter and then that daughter does the same thing someday so we don't have a lot of clothes because people use their clothes till they're used up right then they use them for something else they make a quilt they make a blanket they make shoes they make socks They don't hang on to clothes because they were important, so that's why we only really have archival stuff of, of like royals who put a dress away because they were like, "This is a ceremonial dress, and the next person needs to wear it." So, oh, that's also cloth just doesn't stick around much. It just yeah, cloth has a life, shelf life. (laughs) It has a shelf life (laughs) for sure.
0: So, but back to the red dye. So red dye.
2: (laughs) So. So the Spanish, right? So the Aztecs are using this red forever. Then the Spanish, Cortez, 16th century. He comes that over, jerk. he sees all the red, all this jerk. You know what he does. You know what he's going to do. He's going to get all that red dye and he's going to take it back to Spain. And Spain becomes hugely influential in Europe based off of the money they have being able to sell this red dye. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Right. Because Because it's, like I said, the the, uh, red is such a powerful color. You know, we associate it with blood and and passion, Mm
0: -hmm. love,
2: and all these things. But you can't really get really good red dyes out of flowers because there's just not much pigment in a flower, really, at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So you're left with, like, clay and, you know, vermilion Mm -hmm. and stuff. Right. But those things don't dye clothes well. But crushed up bugs. (laughs)
0: <laughs> they do dies, the
2: job dyes clothes really <laughs> really well so the spanish crown has a monopoly on the cochineal process for like 500 years wow up until like 1820 when the french finally steal it from them and figure out how to do it <laughs> I, like That's hundreds crazy. of years of bug monopoly wow. that, that kept Spain in <laughs> in power crazy. no one
0: else figured it out it's just no I mean, I I guess, why would they? Why 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 would would they figure that? Yeah.
2: But when you think about important red cloths and the Spanish and who was in charge at the time, the Catholics, Mm -hmm. they wear those head to toe. Oh, yeah. So you had to stay good with Spain or you're going to have to change the whole aesthetic of your of your church.
0: So (laughs) Spain had it. Spain was in the game. That's amazing. That's very all that from a little bug, little tiny all bug, right. from seven his seventy
2: thousand squish bugs to make one pound of dye. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. So this karmic acid inside the insects' guts. So that they bugs are
0: bugs are important. That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing bugs important. are important.
2: Would you want to hear about our friend Australia and what they tried to do with these bugs? Yes, please. <laughs> tell me about the Aussies you, you know what Australia <laughs> tried to do right <laughs> they tried to pull a Spanish they tried to bring prickly pears to Australia to try and start their own bug die this is like
0: what late year 1700s. is this? Okay. Uh,
2: 1788 is the year that they bring over prickly pears Captain Arthur Philip has collected a number of prickly pears with the bugs on them he's bringing them back to Australia in Botany Bay which is now sydney at the time spain and portugal still had the monopoly on the red dye so they're trying to get in on the spanish's business here would you like to take a guess of what happened
0: um did things not go as planned
2: no things not go as planned because the bugs couldn't live in australia they died useless can't even make the red dye out of them but you know what loved australia Prickly presenter. pear cactuses. <laughs> you would have thought. <laughs> so the the prickly pear is gangbusters. They're everywhere. And keep in mind, the Australians wanted the red dye so that they could make red coats for the British because they're still, you know, comrades. Yeah, so now they have to, you know, basically use the army to dig up a bunch of cactuses that have overrun 100,000 square miles of eastern Brazil, or Brazil oh. of eastern Australia uh, it Poor was Australia. not it was not until the 1920s so you're talking 1788 to 1920 when Australia finally figures out that there's a moth that eats the cactus <laughs> and they introduce the moth and now the cactuses are under control finally <laughs> the moth has come in to save the day cinnabar
0: moth style oh so, man what is happening over there that's wild
2: australia Austra- learn your lesson about introducing
0: <laughs> things australia
1: uh, this but, has happened more than once
2: uh, oh, with the really? prickly
1: pear specifically as being introduced to other places and then having to bring in the moth i believe there's actually <laughs> a statue of this moth someplace
0: oh, sure, it sounds like this moth's a real trooper oh that's amazing that's ridiculous
2: yeah so uh that's our our natural dye of red and in 2009 in america at least they said hey stop putting the bugs in stuff (laughs) there was ostensibly there's like this worry about like allergies people are allergic to the bugs but like i think we need to face the facts that i think it was really because people didn't want bugs yeah uh, yeah so they're no longer considered a natural derivative or whatever they have (laughs) something for it the bugs got removed from the list of acceptable natural dyes (laughs) and skittles had to stop dyeing their skittles with red (laughs) and putting shellac on the outside (laughs) skittles
0: is a real double whammy double whammy
2: for skittles (laughs) i want some 2008 skittles to see if it made a difference
1: Okay, I looked it up, and the, the moth does have a statue or a mm-hmm. monument in Queensland.
0: Oh, that's Perfect. amazing. That's Fantastic. where Bluey lives. <laughs> <laughs> he and that moth are best friends.
2: For sure! I, I expect there to be a Bluey episode about this moth any day. So, there you go. So they still farm Cochineals. Uh, unfortunately, it's kind of been... It's another one of those things that were like culturally, it was very important, but it's just mm. expensive to do, so it's kind of faded from uh, a lot of the production. Right, right. So Mexico sense. used to make a lot of it. Now it seems to be more in like Peru does it, but so. But
0: what there are definitely people who still a do journey. It. What a journey, Amanda, yeah. that you've taken uh, us on today.
2: I hope you learned a little bit about. <laughs> I learned a lot, and a little bit about art history and how. Spanish owned red for hundreds of years. Three hundred years. years. That's
0: incredible. If you want red?
2: You gotta come. Well, you got. You want red? You gotta come to the Spanish. But if you want purple, you gotta go the Phoenicians.
0: So what? What is your? Uh, which one was your favorite? While you're doing the uh, research, which one blew your mind I, most?
2: I didn't read you the list of everything that the red dye is in mm. because it's everything. <laughs> it's everything between the shellac and the the carmine. I promise you, you have bugs on you right now. It's in Definitely. makeup. It's in lollipops. It's I, just, My son was eating. What was he eating? Uh, but I was like, I wonder if there's any bugs in there. Play-Doh. He was <laughs> playing with Play-Doh. He wasn't eating it. He was playing with it. And I was like, I wonder if there's any bugs in your Play-Doh. And he was like, uh, no. And I was like. Could, hey. be. <laughs> Could be. Could be. A
0: possibility. Because it's
2: anything that's red. And like I said, when I first started talking about the red, natural dye for versus now they've got the unnatural dye red 40 and it's being connected to um you know some people are saying it like exacerbates kids adhd that it's bad for like your depression there's like all these questions about like yeah i would have to see
0: some studies on that i don't know i
2: I didn't spend much time looking that sort of stuff up because i think it's kind of a rabbit
0: hole of
2: you know there's like this this kind of this phenomenon of people being like well it didn't used to be this way And I think there's a certain amount of it that used to be this way, but I think a lot of it is we didn't used to have a name for this.
0: Yeah. This was not diagnosed. Yeah. Well, and I'm not sure. He was just a weirdo. Instead of having some sort of like personality (laughs) disorder, you know?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, he's just awkward. Well, yeah, because he's autistic and it's 1620 and you don't know that yet. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) And also society isn't necessarily very accommodating to a neurodiverse people.
2: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, and it's like, oh well, we didn't used to have all these childhood diseases, yeah, because they died as babies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They just yes. didn't make it. <laughs> what well, part of have eight kids, only two make it to adulthood, was difficult for
0: you to understand? <laughs> exactly.
2: Well, look, me. I was just talking about like how they like life expectancy was only thirty five years. Incorrect. That is not how life expectancy is work. It works. It's just, that's the average. But you're looking at how many people died at four. But if you make it to thirty, you're probably you might make it all the way to seventy at that point because like you've made it, you've made it through the hard part.
0: Now you get to relax.
2: So there you go. Come on,
0: Max. Well, thanks, thanks, Amanda. Thank you. Yeah, for this you have, incredible you have any, journey. You have any other questions about dies? I. Um. Here, yeah. well, we could probably do like a whole nother show, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> right? We could do a whole show about like
2: the using bug parts as art. I'd love to do one that's uh, when bugs show up in paintings. What does that oh, mean? Oh, yeah, that'd because be very there's funny. a whole secret language of symbolism that artists just freaking loved for a while. they were like, but I'm gonna hide, I would, <laughs> I would love to nowhere. hear. About that. And this flower secretly means that I'm in love with my cousin, you know, and you're like, stop, stop. <laughs> like, Calm down, buddy. Calm, Calm down. down. <laughs> this flower means I secretly hope the Pope steps on a pebble. <laughs> I'm like, stop, leave, him, leave it out of here. And some of them work and some of them don't, you know, so. Uh, so how many uh pots of paint would you give Ooh. these
0: bugs? I would give them, wait, pot, how many pots... As many as you want. No limit. No limit.
2: A thousand pots of paint. Uh, how, how many uh, how many uh illuminated manuscript pages would you give? Oh, 150.
0: 150. 150. 150. They're fantastic.
2: Love
0: it. <laughs> how about you? Uh, a, a whole
2: abbey's worth of, of illuminated manuscripts. You love I the bugs. I think it's really cool how people Like we said, like, who figured this out? Who opened up a clam and thought, that looks delicious? I think I'll just shoot this raw right now. Not me. Not (laughs) me. Not me. You know, like, there's so many things that I'm always amazed that, like, people figured it out. Like, but I feel like we have, like, a lot of science and stuff, too.
0: I'm like, why'd you think to even try that? The human beings are naturally curious animals. Yeah. That's part of it. Like, how did we build that? How did we
2: carve that? How did we? figure out how to make this and you look at like patterns on old clothes and the amount of labor and creativity it must take to hand dye this ceremonial robe that took a thousand hours to hand (laughs) embroider you know and it's i mean we're talking about people are still like don't have indoor plumbing but they've got this beautiful (laughs)
0: ceremonial
2: robe of like it's like wow it's just crazy to me. And I think it shows like the the priorities of people will always be a little bit to create art.
0: Oh, absolutely. We want, we yeah, want we are, to. We're an artistic primates for sure.
2: Like, it doesn't serve us as a, like, on our survivability to wear red and purple <laughs> from head to toe. But you got to respect the drip, and that's what we're
0: doing. <laughs> In this podcast, we always respect the drip. Respect the drip. <laughs> I hate that I said <sighs> drip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: going to get you to start using young people slang with me, which I I use only mostly ironically, but a little bit for real reels. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope that you wear a beautiful, colorful shirt today and think of your bug friends. Bye. <laughs> Bugs Need Heroes is created by Derek Conrad and Kelly Zimmerman hosted by Amanda Allen-Nyde and Kelly Zimmerman Bugs Need Heroes is produced and edited by Derek Conrad Our music is Ladybug Castle by Roll Music All character art by Amanda Allen-Nyde Got a bug question? Email us at bugsneedheroes@gmail.com. at gmail.com Check us out on BugsNeedHeroes.com for the visual companion to our episodes with the artwork of the bug-related heroes we also have an Instagram, Twitter, and subreddit under the Bugs Need Heroes name. Thanks for coming by.
0: Producer Derek and his cat Rotundo. Rot- Why can't I say Rotunda right now? <laughs> I say it all the. I say it enough. Believe Depression. it or not, I talk to Joe about your cat frequently because I think she's great. <laughs> she's so perfect. I- say her name.